Welcome to the Strong Roots Podcast. It's all about interviewing everyday, ordinary Christians who have strong roots of faith and then applying it to our own lives. Whether you are seeking, whether you're new to faith, or maybe you've been following Jesus for a really long time, come grow Strong Roots with us. Hey, Strong Roots. We're here with Pastor John, and we are still in our truth-seeking time. And actually, today we're talking about all of the things we consume, whether that's on our phones, TV, so media, just, not food. No, me, yeah, not food. <laughs> but even just billboards. Yep. In the restaurants that we're, I mean, there are things constantly going on that our minds and eyes are mm-hmm. taking in, and I think it's so important as Christians to talk about what should we be consuming media-wise, and what should we not be? What should we be turning away instantly, yeah. and not allowing our minds to further go down that road? So, Pastor John, right off the bat, is it easy for you to filter? what you consume media-wise, or is it hard? You know, I think I take a heavy hand to this, and it's something that obviously our family is really passionate about. But, I mean, for us, we will just eliminate entire avenues of communication that we don't have control over. Right. Um, For example, you know, years ago I saw TV ads start to advocate for worldviews that I felt would be harmful for our children. And we don't have a lot of control over that. So we just said, hey, we're not doing TV in our house Um, because kids are so innocent and easily, I mean, they're not innocent. They're born with a sinful nature, but I think they're so easily influenced. You know, the other day, years ago, we were at the library and there was a book about a crayon that, you know, it was a, it had a red inside and a blue wrapper and its parents told it, you know, you need to uh, draw blue, but it couldn't draw blue. It could only draw red and no matter how hard it tried. And then it found, you know, a special crayon that helped it change its wrapper and whatever else. And I was reading this to my kids in the library, um, at, uh, the Wheatfield public library. And it's interesting, this book, Amazon gives it away for free. I looked it up. Really? Um, yeah. Amazon gives this book away for free, you know, and, you know, hmm. obviously that's super demonic, like mutilating a child's genitalia is about as, as severe as you can get. Right. You know, and that's essentially what this book was advocating for. But it's such a, you know, really seemingly innocent level, you know, just a crayon that's supposed to draw this, but that. But we know we know what this book was about. And I just recognized I am not going to let my kids have access to something like a TV unless I can guarantee I know what the content's going to be about. Absolutely. So we remove that. We don't let them do like YouTube and things like that. And even for me, you know, on Instagram, I would see things pop up that I didn't want to fill my mind with, you know, um, particularly, you know, you'd get in my age and stage, it'd be a lot of girls' booties. And I said, hey, I don't want Instagram on my phone. I'm not doing this. I mean, I want Instagram on my phone for right. that reason, but I don't. And so what we started doing was um, we just deleted it off my phone and, you know, Preston, our social media manager, manages it from online, which I right. really appreciate. Um, but again, it's a it's just a really big deal. We have to manage the content we consume. Absolutely. And I think when it comes to parenting, when it comes mm-hmm. to our own lives, so yeah. say let's use this crayon book as an example. Yeah. So you're reading it. I think there are opportunities in our lives where we can make it a great learning opportunity for our children. Like, hey, we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about what is the truth in this book and what is the ungodly truths in this book. How do we know in our personal life and in our parenting life for parents who are listening, what are great, how do we discern what's a great opportunity for me to teach my kids truth and lies? And what is something I should just put down? Man, uh, that is such a, I don't think that I can give a great, clear answer to that. Right. Without becoming legalistic. Yeah. Without becoming right. legalistic. 
I will say, you know, I think end goals are things to think about all the time. Obviously, I want to prepare, not protect my kids. Right. You know, and I think at the end of the day, there are workouts that I can ask a first grader to do that are appropriate for a first grader, and there are workouts that are not. And I think what a lot of what a lot of you know, you meet coaches who just want to make their teams happy, so they never push their teams very hard, and their teams don't win. And I think spiritually I see, and they get slaughtered on the field, you know, and I see, spiritually I see a lot of parents do that too. You know, they just don't push their kids to learn. And then there are other people, they just don't train their kids at all. You know, they don't do anything. They don't have practices. They don't have whatever. And I want to practice and prepare my kids to meet the real world. So every single time we have an opportunity, we need to sit down and say, okay, is this something that I think that they can handle? Right. Um, And also sometimes I don't think they can handle it, but I know they're being faced with it at school. You know, our kids go to the Christian school, but they come back all the time and say, hey, what does this word mean? What does that mean? And it's like, wow, you know, because I don't think there's the line that there used to be between Christian and public school as far as content, you know, because all the kids at school, not all, that's total exaggeration. Some of the kids at school (laughs) are given unmitigated access to, you know, screens, which I think is, you know, really highly inappropriate for young kids. But nevertheless, they do that. And it's like, hey, we need to... We need to prepare our kids for this, even though I don't think they're ready, like we have to, because right. they're going to encounter it. And I think there's some things that none of us ever should have to see. Like, yeah. I don't I don't feel like our kids should ever have to see pornography. I, I don't ever want to see pornography again, personally. Mm-hmm. You know, like, there are things in our world that is socially acceptable that right. are so harmful to not only our minds, but our souls. And I think that's a big, I mean, I think we need to talk about why these things are harmful. I mean, obviously I think I have a lot of people who are new to Christ asking, you know, why is pornography a thing? You know, I mean, you're not really hurting anybody you have. Um, but first off, you know, it's an industry that does hurt people. Secondly, you know, there's a great website called fight the new drug that lists off all of the data that tells us, you know, porn is a deeply harmful, essentially Mm -hmm. a drug that has similar effects on your brain as methamphetamines. And, you know, obviously I would not be okay with exposing, you know, a five-year-old or a 10-year-old to hundreds of people having sex in front of them in the same room. Right. Um, But like, you know, and if that were happening, we would be like, you know, go to jail. Yeah. Put the parents in jail, stop this from happening, whatever. Um, But then, we're like basically shrug our shoulders and say, oh, it's going to happen. You know, the average age of exposure for children, for boys is eight and for girls is like 12. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just shrug our shoulders at what I consider to be pretty extreme. Child say, oh, they're going to see it anyways eventually. Yeah. And I think we really need to shift our mentality when it comes to content. Like that is sexually abusive content for children. How hard would you work to protect your children from a sexual predator? Yes. I think really hard. But I think we also need to protect our minds. I was just going to say yeah, that. Like, from we sexual are ch- predators. We're God's children. Yeah, we are God's children, and I don't see a big difference. I mean, I was just reading some studies the other day that talked about um, the number of sexual partners you have and self-professed sexual satisfaction. And all the data tells us, you know, the fewer partners that you have, um, the higher level of self-professed sexual satisfaction you have. Right. And that's really interesting, you know. That's amazing. Yeah, ChatGPT was stumped by this and, like, making guesses as to why that would be or why the data would be corrupted. But the data is pretty consistent on this. And uh, I just, I think that the world and Satan advocates for a a path that is going to be harmful to us, you know. Um, And I think our eyes and our minds and our ears are windows to the soul. I mean, I got a lot more conservative about this, but music... um, you know, it's, we just actually had this big conversation with the church. We were playing instrumental songs Mm -hmm. that were from the American top 40. And I just said, Hey, pick songs that are instrumental off the AT 40 because everybody will recognize them. Yeah. And then people were like, pastor John, 
have you read the lyrics to some of these songs? <laughs> and I was like, no, oh, no, I haven't. I haven't. Let, let's check it out. And I read it and I was like, oh my gosh, like I need to confess my sin to God. Like <laughs> I'm not old enough to read the lyrics right. to these songs at 38. Like this is awful. Um, and I just think, man, like I want my heart and mind to be reserved for you and for my kids. You know, years ago when Chris and I got married, like I said, we got rid of a TV and we haven't really had that and we don't really have Netflix or anything like that. I mean, we borrowed people's accounts, which I think now is probably morally questionable. We probably, mm -hmm. you know, we don't really do that anymore <laughs> either. But, um, but it's amazing to me when I used to watch movies all the time. Right. And TV all the time. How I could watch somebody get killed or, you know, I could watch somebody get beat in a fight or, you know, I could watch people say crude things to each other and laugh. Right. But today it's like, wow, I am a lot more sensitive. And I like that. Like, I like that I'm amused by simple things more. You know? But I, I love that that's the truth because I grew up in a house where TVs were on all the time. Yeah, I, your house was I crazy. I probably watched more TV than, like, I... They literally I, had a TV in every room. It was every always room. on. Kitchen, everywhere. Crazy. It, it, I watched so much TV. Yeah. And I just love that because we have taken that away from our lives. Like, mm -hmm. it's not like, oh, well, I've watched too much TV. Now, I guess this is just, my mind just always yeah. going to be like... I have seen the reversal of innocence in my own mind by yeah. monitoring what I'm consuming. And to go off this, like, how do you know what you should be watching? Because there are a lot of shows that are questionable. There's a lot of things. I, I love to read. And sometimes I'm reading books. And you can't, you can barely read even a teen book without there being sex scenes anymore. Oh, yeah. And I would say, I'm curious if you would agree with me. For me personally, when I'm reading a book or watching something, if I am obsessing over the sinful action, if I'm thinking about it constantly, if I'm marinating on it, if I find myself thinking about whatever it is, I, that's a sign for me that I need to put the book down. Like, oh, yeah. If it's glorifying sin and I'm enjoying it and meditating on it, that's my sign that I need to put down, whether it's a show, whether it's a book. Oh, yeah. And what is that verse? It's like, whatever it's true. Philippians whatever. 4, 8. Yeah, you want to... Yeah quote it like you that's whatever how is true noble lovely right praiseworthy think about such things yes you know instead of like directly proceeding and he lists off a bunch of evil things that you can meditate on but i mean the point of this podcast is really talking about i believe it's apologetics mm -hmm. and and he, and here's the big thing is satan's plan is normalized sin is normalized right. through these things and what's crazy to me is 20 years ago the thought of mutilating a child's genitalia um, before they'd even sexually developed, allowing a child to do that, you know, gender hormone blockers, all this stuff would be, I mean, Monstrous. people would be jailed. Monstrous, yeah. awful, mm -hmm. evil. But what Satan has done, and this is so effective, through content is it's become ubiquitous, right? It's become mm -hmm. ubiquitous and normalized. And I see a lot of parents who say, oh yeah, you know, my kid is, you know, trans or whatever. And there's, first off, there's no way that that kid had that come from their heart. That came from normalization through content, mm -hmm. right? And to recognize, man, this is happening to children who are also humans. I have a childlike heart, right? And right. in the same way that some of those things have been normalized for the kid, like I need to really, and, and that was really like, it was specifically the, the sex abuse of children, of the normalization of pedophilia through the trans movement that made me recognize we need to get serious about the content that, that we're consuming. Right. You know, even, even my reels, you know, that I'll watch, things like that. I'm, I, we don't do much of that anymore. I've really cut back on that because, you know, and then, and then I think being intent about 
you know, unfollow, see less of this, yes. you know, reasons because it's inappropriate. You know, I mean, you have to really curate your feed because you, you can stop seeing these things, but you have to be intent about it. I got to, you know, I don't do TikTok. I downloaded TikTok once for, for like an hour. You and I downloaded it literally an hour and in bed, we watched it for an hour and laughed and it was like, we have to. We're like, how did we just waste an hour of our life? (laughs) Yeah. And anyway, I think we're able to do so much more and better with our life because of monitoring our screen time. And then I think the data on the trajectory of a kid's life and mental illness um, associated with screen time. Like you spend some time on chat GPT talking about screen time, mental illness and children. Uh, and you'll have your mind blown right. the way that it's like, oh, wow, like I am inviting mental unhealth into my kid's life by failing to monitor this. Right. And it's, we will fight so hard for our kids in so many ways. But, um, you know, in this particular way, I think, you know, essentially we're allowing mental illness and sexual predators into their bedroom by giving them un- unrestricted access uh, to screens, you know, and, and I would say it begins at an early age, but it extends as long as they're in your house. Right. You know? Okay. So we're talking about guarding your mind, guarding your heart, making sure that you are being selective in the things that you are consuming. Mm -hmm. Okay. I have a couple thoughts. Like, again, how do we know what is not okay without being legalistic? I think, I think there's lots of Christians that is just hard. Like, is there, I know we could go, whatever is true, whatever is right. That verse, you could compare it to that. But I think I hear so many Christians justify really bad things they're watching or say something that's actually not so bad is bad. Like I, how do we not become legalistic and not be known for our love for one another when talking about this subject? I don't know that you can really love one another effectively Mm -hmm. through mere consumption of content. And like, that can be a thing you do, but you really do it independently. Yeah. You know, that's not something you're really loving other people. And I think a lot of times, like we justify doing it because we're addicted to doing it. Right. Um, Whether it is like, I'm addicted to not having my kids around me so that I can have time, just me and my phone or just me and my, (laughs) you know, hobbies or whatever it is, you know, get my kids (laughs) out of my life. I think we, Um, everyone can relate to that. But I think the big key is reducing content, being strategic about what content you do consume. Like I haven't watched on my own, like a movie or whatever in years. I mean, I do it for at the movies, but typically edited and in high speed. Um, But I'm actually considering watching a show called The Chosen. Like, and it's something we've been thinking about for a long time. Um, You know, it's a great show, but like being really strategic about the content we consume. Do I want to do this? And if I feel like I need this, man, what, what is my life empty on? You know, because every time you're watching content, you're, you're choosing to kick something else out of your life. People tell me, oh, I don't have enough time to pray. I don't have enough time to work out. I don't have enough time to whatever. It's like, what are you removing from your life to do this? Right. You know, because if it's like, wow, I'm giving up physical intimacy with my spouse in order to watch a South Park episode. It's like, dude, that better been a good South Park episode, you know, like that better been there's, I mean, and you think about what you're trading for these things all the right. time in life. I mean, all, again, all of the data, like physical intimacy, emotional and life satisfaction, mental illness are all predicted by, uh, you know, media con- and content consumption. Um, it's a really big deal. Well, and it's you interesting know? you say that because if you mentioned this before, like our objective is to the grace commandments, love God, love others. When I am just consuming content, yes, like watching something together can be beneficial for relationships, possibly loving God and loving others. Watching The Chosen with our kids or with each other, that that could maybe fall under that umbrella, I think. But I think so often we are missing out on the greatest commandments of loving God and loving others because of the hours 
of time. And it it is to your point when we downloaded, what did you say it was? And we spent an hour. Oh, TikTok. Yeah. It was an hour where we've literally gone. And even on Instagram, I will just, oh, I'm going to go on there and see what some people are doing. And it is like. She has Instagram on her phone. And I'm always like, pay attention to me. Put that phone down. You're just watching. But it'll you know, be people dance. Like that's minutes. what you watch is people dance. Yeah, I do. I like people dancing. But it'll be like 10 minutes. I'll be like, oh, I'm just going to go in here for a minute. 10 minutes later, 15 minutes yeah. later, 20 minutes later. And I'm like, this is not how I want to be spending my time. And here's what I want you to get is that is establishing, even though we don't know it, a biblical worldview or a non-biblical worldview that I think is unhealthy. Right. You know, a, like a, a standard of living too. Like we have a really fun life. You know, but when you watch those couples dance, it's like, do we love each other like they love each other? And right, like, right. Way we more, don't even you know? know But them. it's planting jealousy. It's doing all kinds of things that are unhealthy. Um, and I think, like, I love our kids. But my favorite part, like, we are not great parents by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, I don't right. think, like, we're we, amazing or whatever else. Yeah. But the one thing that I see that has really benefited our family is that our kids do not have screen time. And like their attention spans so much better. Their conversational skills, creativity, like creativity. We didn't have to teach our kids conversational skills. Like they just learned it because we. They're they had, watching it. They had to talk. <laughs> you know what I mean? They had to talk. What are they going to do? Like we don't have that many toys at our house. We don't have screens. They just have to interact with each other and interact with us. But I want to make sure it's clear. Like there is good social media content. Obviously, sure. First Church has a social media page. Like yeah. I go on there and half the time it's to watch First Church's stuff. Oh yeah. I I mean if you if you're going on my news feed, you'd probably be like First Church and like Bibles. Yeah, <laughs> and, maybe some food. I think I actually unfollowed oh yeah, I like to cook. But I think I did unfollow the dancing people I was watching after oh. that one sisterhood. But I think I just want to make sure we're there are, like to your point, chosen is really good. There are good social media things that you can follow that can that God's word doesn't return void. I have read things on there, read verses on there that yeah. have really ministered to my heart. But I I do think that we need to monitor it. So I have a really um, just logical, straightforward question, I, and maybe you know statistically what the answer is. But what is the ideal time limit you think or or research says? We should be watching and consuming media. You know, I actually just heard this the other day. I believe it was uh, between an hour and 45 minutes and two hours a day max of screen time where it's, you know, that would be like the max high end for Mm -hmm. this is not harmful. Right. But I would just say to everybody, I think when it comes to content and protecting your faith and making a thriving faith, I think we, instead of being strategic about what we don't watch and what we're against, I think we need to flip the script and be strategic about what we do watch right. and what we do listen to, you know. And I listen to a ton of biblical content because I'm not, you know, doing watching shows, you know, right. which I really, really appreciate. Like, right. I think it's good. And also I think, like, the ungodly worldviews that are being perpetrated against us through a lot of modern shows. Like you look at season three of The Mandalorian, which I haven't seen, but I have read about. I haven't seen it. And here you have this show that is essentially saying men are doofuses, men are evil, men are terrible, and women are the best. And that's almost every show. And I think about my son or my daughters. Like they literally talk about how stupid men are and their toxic masculinity. Like they say it in these shows. Right. And I'm like, my son's masculinity isn't toxic. You know, that's something I want to cultivate. My masculinity isn't toxic. It's given to me by God. Just like your femininity isn't toxic. It's beautiful and wonderful. And that is an example of something that is ubiquitous in almost all modern content. Like, I I can't watch, I mean, every show, you know, like, Frozen, great show. Men are doofuses and evil. 
you know, and the sisters save each other. When was the last time you had a show where a man serves and saves a woman? Right. I don't know. Can't remember. Doesn't happen. And uh, I'm trying to rack my brain. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, it's it's been a long time. Branch, but, maybe. Yeah. Didn't he sing True Colors to yeah, Poppy? Yeah, True Colors <laughs> shining through. But that was, yeah, well, it's interesting. But I think that understanding that an ungodly narrative and an ungodly truth is being put into almost all content that we watch is important. And so if you're going to consume content or you're going to let your kids consume content, I think you need to consume it with them and make it a, you know, at the movies exercise where you say, okay, what was the truth in this and what was untrue? You know, the other day we were at um, Disney World, which was a special trip. Yeah. And we were watching them do the fireworks and they were projecting all the movies on the side of the palace right. uh, last night there. And it was magical. I mean, it was truly amazing. It was a really special night. And they were talking about how special each person is. And Aurora oh. goes, Aurora, our five-year-old, says to mom, you know, it's really not true that everybody's special. I mean, God is special, and he made us, and he created us. Uh, but, you know, it's just not true that we're that special. We're not God. That's what she was, said. Yeah, but I think it was like we're all good. Like we're all good, too. Oh, like, yeah. It was yes. removing depravity from us. Yes, yeah. yes. And Aurora was able to see through that, right? She's five. five. And I think part of that is a testament to we're super strategic about defending our faith in the content that they consume and teaching her to think critically about every piece of content, even a closing fireworks show on the side of a Disney palace. And no, you know, beef with Disney. I mean, it's everybody. It's every content creator. Right. Fox News, CNN, doesn't matter. And to your point, like, we, again, we are not, I would not put us on a pedestal of like, we are the best parents. Like, we, no. we fail every day. We are imperfect people trying to follow yeah. Jesus. But I will say something, if you're looking, we're talking about finding God's truth in the content we watch. This, not only do it at the movies exercise, I thought that was a wonderful example, but I think this is also being honest with your children when they ask you questions outside of media. You could, like They're going to be able to know the truth, discern the truth and untruth if you are being honest with them oh, yeah. with the questions that they come and bring you. Because yeah. I think Aurora was able to discern that because if she, we tell her all the time, like, hey, like we all fall short of God's glorious standard mm. and we are telling our yeah. kids these truths. I'm, I'm trying to think of an example of something they've asked us, but imperfectly, but we all the time try to give them the honest answer, yeah. even when it's hard. Wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah. And I would say, too, like, honesty regarding the sex talk. You yeah. know, I mean, at five, six, seven years old. Because it's amazing, you know, if Amazon is willing to try to you know, groom and abuse my children through this book they're giving away for free, right. I need to prepare them to see, you know, the predator that that Amazon really is, you know, or at least part, part of, you know, I'm not saying all of Amazon is predator, but we whatever, whatever part, whatever part of <laughs> yeah. Amazon was that was giving that book away for free, that was, you know, that was evil. So, okay. For someone who is watching this, what's the challenge? Like whether parent, not parent, like what would be the one takeaway yeah. challenge? I would challenge you instead of thinking as a Christian, as Christians, I think instead of asking, what do we need to not consume? Yep. I think we need to flip the script and say, what am I going to consume that is going to make me more godly, right? And I don't want to define our work by what we're against. Yep. I want to define my mind by what I'm for and what I choose to let in. And I'm ultimately the gatekeeper, and I, I just want to say I'm not going to consume things that are not godly, Amen. you know, or if I am going to consume them, it is because it's an examination of, you know, searching for God's truth in darkness, and it's a strategic and careful consumption. But that's for adults, that's for kids, that's for families, and I just want you to know, I think your mind is worth it. Right. And there's nothing, there's not nothing, but this is one of the things I'm most passionate about in life because I see so many 
marriages destroyed over this. I mean, so many of our selfish mindsets come right. from, you know, social media, you know, this entitlement thing. Um, I just think the war against our boys is a really right. big deal, you know, and that's also a war against women because it inflates, you know, ego and other things in ways that are harmful. Right. But uh, yeah. No, I couldn't agree more. Thank you so much for talking yeah, about this. My pleasure. Thanks for struggles. having me. Yeah, this was wonderful. And thank you guys for listening. And we cannot wait to see you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Strong Roots Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure to check us out on all our other social media platforms. And I want to let you know that I am personally praying that your roots stay strong.